Joshua, today I want to tell you about a restaurant that was number one in London on TripAdvisor back in 2017. So I don't know London cuisine, but I'm assuming it's nicer than like Nando's. That remains to be seen. So the restaurant I want to tell you about is called The Shed at Dulwich, which for a name is, I mean, it sounds a bit pretentious, but it's very similar to one of my favorite restaurants, which is called The Gate. So very similar names. Uh, For context, Dulwich, for people who don't know London, is a kind of like posh village-like neighborhood in South London. It's got a gallery, a park, boutiques and restaurants and things like that. So yeah, The Shed at Dulwich. It made it all the way to number one in London, best restaurant in London on TripAdvisor. And that's obviously huge because there are massive benefits to that kind of status, right? Like it's great publicity. Mm -hmm. It was almost impossible to get a reservation at The Shed. Its website calls it London's best kept secret. But here's the real secret. I had like photos of food on the website. They look like delicious photos of like a ham hock or pan fried scallops or whatever. But really, they were all like inedible things like uh, urinal pucks. The whole thing was fake. It didn't exist. So this fake restaurant used fake reviews to get to the top spot on TripAdvisor. No one actually ate there. It was all just a sham for fun. I mean, I guess you could call it a sham. You could say it was just for fun. But this sham for fun was the number one restaurant in London on TripAdvisor. And to top it off, people did actually eat at the Shed at Dulwich, which was a literal garden shed. They were served microwave mac and cheese. Were they upset about it? They loved it. This story is so fascinating, and I wanted to dig into what it means for the kinds of online review sites like TripAdvisor that so many of us have come to rely on. When we get back, we'll hear from the guy behind the shed, writer, filmmaker, and performance artist Uber Butler, about how he pulled off this stunt. I know you can fake reviews, but faking a restaurant feels a lot harder. And we'll explore how real people are impacted by the wild world of online reviews. People hate that company, period. That's the appetizer. I'll see you for the main course after this palate cleanser. Welcome back to Wild Wild Tech. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. And I'm Joshua Rivera. Each week, we're telling surprising stories about how technology is affecting culture. One of my favorite things about making this show is the fascinating people I get to meet. And Uber is no exception. My name's Uber Butler, and I'm a moron. (laughs) I felt an immediate kinship with this guy, He's British, obviously, but he actually grew up not far from where I live. We have friends in common and we both come from big families. Yeah, I was a bit of a sort of prankster as a kid. I'm the youngest of six, so I think that made me have to maybe come up with more creative ways in which to demand attention. I don't know if you've noticed this about me, Joshua, but I too crave attention. No way. Really? You stand in front of cameras and microphones for a living. (laughs) It does take a certain kind of person. So our childhoods have such a big impact on our lives. For example, here is one of Uber's early stunts. 
I used to be in a band. I was in like bands growing up, constantly playing music. I was like 13 years old at the time, but I invented my own band's manager and ended up like booking shows as this guy called Martin Davey who had this really gruff Cockney, hello, mate, my name's Martin Davey kind of accent and ended up booking all these shows and like as this fake band manager. And now he basically does this kind of thing for a living. I do strange things on the internet for attention and a little bit of money. He got a lot of attention for the stunt we're talking about today. So I think the thing that I'm best known for is transforming the garden shed I lived in in London into a restaurant on TripAdvisor. So it was an actual garden shed. (laughs) (laughs) Did you think we were joking? No. Joshua, a lot about this story is fake, but that is real. Okay, this might be like another one of our cultural differences, but to me, a shed does not sound picturesque. It sounds like a place where you keep your tools. Welcome to London House Prices. So inspiration for this stunt can be traced back to a couple of key experiences in Uber's life. For one, his time in the hospitality industry. I used to work in restaurants a lot when I was younger and like behind bars, like everyone does, I think. And TripAdvisor in those contexts is taken like very, very, very seriously. Like if someone leaves a bad review, the manager comes in and is in a bad mood. This is ruined his night. It's going to affect the business. So I kind of understood that it was like a powerful platform. Oh, yeah, that's 100 percent a big thing. Restaurant owners get upset about bad reviews, you know, and like he said, restaurant workers get yelled at for them even if it is not their fault. So you've worked in restaurants then? Oh yeah. Uh, Thankfully, I did it before the rise of review sites like Yelp. So none of this ever happened to me. But you know, you keep in touch with people and you hear about all these bad Yelp reviews and getting yelled at by managers. And you're like, damn, I'm glad I got out. Yeah, I actually went the retail route instead. So from 16 up until the year after I graduated, I worked part-time in in shops. I basically feel like everyone should have to spend some time in that kind of customer-facing, low-paying work just so that they know what it's like. Right. But Uber also did some weirder work in his early career. One of the first jobs that I had was writing fake reviews for restaurants on TripAdvisor. Huh, I didn't even... No, that was a job, but I guess it makes sense now that I think about it. Yeah. So Uber knew both how important online reviews are to restaurants and he knew firsthand how easily they could be faked. And that made him question things like... How much of this platform, which everyone I know in those restaurants accepts as kind of gospel, was false. And it made me think, oh my God, like how far does this go? I wanted to explore how much of it could be faked. And the first thing was kind of a restaurant. I didn't think would be possible because I know you can fake reviews, but faking a restaurant feels a lot harder. Oh, so you didn't think you'd pull it off? No, because they said they've got like a verification process on what restaurants they do and they don't accept. I just thought this would have some more of, of a kind of thoroughness to it. But of course, he did pull it off. Here's how. So I put together all of this stuff to constitute for this restaurant. The name of this fake restaurant? The Shed at Dulwich. Because? I lived in a shed in Dulwich. (laughs) I get it. So Uber began putting together everything a modern restaurant needs, like a website. www.theshedatdulwich.com And a menu. At The Shed, you don't order meals, you order moods. Let me know if any of these take your fancy. There's Happy, which is roasted haddock with champagne and honey. It comes with grandma's minestrone soup starter and a 5-HTP-infused chaser. 
I did have to look up what 5-HTP is. Apparently, it is a compound that our bodies create from an amino acid, which is used to produce serotonin. So (laughs) thus the happy, I guess. There's also lust, which is rabbit kidneys on toast seasoned with saffron and an oyster bisque served with a side of pomegranate souffle, which I actually think sounds quite nice. And then I'm vegetarian, so this is the one I would have to order empathetic. uh, Vegan clams in a clear broth with parsnips, carrots, celery, and potatoes served with rye crisps. What do you reckon? I mean, I think I want happy. It just sounds the tastiest to me. And also, I gotta know what HTP is like. (laughs) You think you go in the restaurant like really gloomy and then you come out with a spring in your step and... A smile on your face. Yeah, I'll take some happy. Give me some happy right now. Right. I mean, it sounds appealing, doesn't it? And it obviously spoke to people, all these kind of moods, because after about a month, the phone rang. This phone that I'd bought for the shed, like a burner phone. (laughs) And uh, on the other end of that phone was like a human, an actual human trying to book a table at a non-existent (laughs) restaurant. So Uber, in his role as restaurateur of a non-existent restaurant, answers. You know, I just said to them, I'm sorry we're fully booked for the next six weeks, and I put the phone down. Of course, we all want what we can't have. So I logged into the Shed's email I'd also created, and that was just like a brave new world of people crawling all over each other, trying to get a table at my non-existent restaurant. But it wasn't just the unavailability that made the Shed so desirable. Uber also had a little help from his friends. I was getting my friends and my family to leave fake five-star reviews. This is obviously a really important part of this story, so I just want to emphasize here, these are fake reviews that are getting left on TripAdvisor, so this website that we're supposed to trust, right? And they stayed up for a while, so I I thought I'd read you one of them if you want to hear it. Yeah. This one is titled, If You Enjoy Chef's Table, You'll Love It Here, and it's five stars. <laughs> the funny thing about this one is that uh, the people in this fake review are from my part of the world, um, which I love. My husband and I like to occasionally take a weekend trip to London from our home in Warwickshire. We like to explore the quirky sides to London, and we're big foodies. We stumbled across the shed in Dulwich via TripAdvisor. Apparently, they do not offer online bookings, so I went down the traditional route and picked up the phone. Well, it took just over a week of phone calls to get through and finally book a table. Not ideal, but we were still very excited for our upcoming booking. We were not disappointed. The whole experience was fantastic. Our waiter was so attentive. Nothing was too much for him. As the sun was setting, we were offered blankets. We politely declined. One had a stain on. But a nice touch adds to the alfresco feel. The portion sizes weren't huge, but the quality was fantastic. The earthy taste and freshness of the food was something else. The menu changes regularly as most of the food is homegrown. What a delightful idea. We will certainly be back. (laughs) So this is like, man, this reviewer had like a backstory. He's like, what's my motivation? You know, (laughs) what do I want? And and this waiter, man, that waiter has a story. This is important, right? You've got to have a whole backstory. Otherwise, it's just not going to be a believable review. I don't know about you, Joshua, but if you look through reviews on TripAdvisor, you do come across ones where they've just gone into so much detail that nobody needed to know. So this is quite (laughs) realistic. And even though all of these reviews were fake, just like this one, they clearly paid off. The higher we went up the rankings, the more people would call 
And, you know, I was getting, it went from like five calls a day to 10 calls a day to 15, you know, it become a real thing. Like people were applying for jobs at my non-existent restaurant. It was like this raging success. And we'd, we, no one had ever seen the place because I said it was an appointment only restaurant. So you had to have an appointment to get in. This whole thing is like a prank that someone pulls on her sibling. Yeah, apparently people actually went to his neighborhood where, you know, where he lived in this garden shed and wandered around using Google Maps to try and find this restaurant. The hype just grew and grew. And so did Uber's ambitions. I don't know if you can relate to this at all or if anybody can, but like if you just allow your imagination to go kind of a little bit and think about like what's the most absurd thing that I could do with this situation. And if it like immediately like makes me laugh and I'll say it to a friend, I'll be like, I want to make it number one in London. And if they'll start laughing and I'm like, that's ridiculous. It makes me want to try and bend reality so that that sentence that makes no sense can make sense. And thanks to the reality bending power of fake TripAdvisor reviews. I woke up one day and it was the number one restaurant in the whole of London on TripAdvisor. It was... Just a bizarre feeling. I thought I'd get caught. But he didn't get caught. So he decided to take things one step further. What do you do when you've made your fake restaurant number one on TripAdvisor? Open the doors. The last thing to do was to try and open the shed for one night only. Which conceptually is nice, isn't it? But in reality, I lived in a dive. When we get back, our dinner guests arrive. Welcome back to Wild Wild Tech, where we're eating a meal made of lies. In a shed also made of lies. And in order to turn this divey garden shed into a rustic five-star establishment, Uber called on his friends. Trying to like ring up friends who run restaurants or cafes, I could have some tables, or like going to the neighbours and being like, has anybody got any outdoor heaters? It was like November, it was freezing. This is wonderful. It's like Ocean's Eleven, but with like less steaks or more steaks. I don't know. Anyway, how'd it go? Uh, it's not steaks, it's scallops and uh, rabbit's livers. Uh, okay. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it went better than you might think. So I served on the night, just to sum up for people, kind of microwavable ready meals made to look like, you know, uh, Michelin quality food in my best attempts. Um, just disguised, essentially, like 99 cent meals. And, you know, I thought the people were having an awful time that, you know, that they, that the whole thing had fallen apart. But upon leaving, a couple of the people tried to book again. They tried to book another table at the shed. I actually suspect that it's quite common for frozen food to just be replated at restaurants. This is my conspiracy theory. Well, you've worked in restaurants, Joshua, so you'd know better than I would. Nowhere that I've worked. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but I suspect other less, you know, classy establishments. Well, you know, the customers loved it. Obviously, people you meet in person when you welcome them into your fake restaurant uh, are one thing. But I wanted to know how the internet reacted when he revealed his stunt in an article for Vice. The one thing that I really liked was like the fact that like all of the hospitality community around the world really appreciated it. So that was great. I love that. Yeah, it's very much just like Robin Hood type story, right? Like sticking it to the man. Yeah. Of course, the reaction to Uber's stunt wasn't all positive. 
TripAdvisor themselves said that it proved nothing. Before it came out, I gave them right of comment and I asked them some questions about what it says about their platform. They said that this proves nothing other than the fact that this journalist has too much time on their hands. Man, what a weak-ass comment. If you're going to clap back, uh, this is like the little brother being like, I'm not bullshit, you're bullshit. I knew that you were going to take umbrage at the TripAdvisor having a go at journalists. <laughs> I mean, it's the cheapest trick in the book, and it doesn't address what he was talking about. Yeah, it's a cheap shot, I guess. But we actually spoke to TripAdvisor and got their perspective on this. Let's welcome James to the table. Yeah, so I'm James Kay, and I'm uh, Director of Policy Communications at TripAdvisor. Luckily for us, James was actually working at TripAdvisor back when Uber pulled off his stunt. So we got contacted by Uber Butler, the journalist. He kind of emailed through to our press office to say, you know, I've done an experiment. We managed to get a restaurant's number one in your rankings in London, and we're going to do a whole feature around this. And would you like to provide us with a reply? Which is, obviously, as you know, it's kind of fairly standard to give us the right to reply. He didn't actually say... They didn't actually reveal at that point what the listing was or the fact that it was the shed. And so our first job was actually trying to identify which listing, you know, was even at the centre of this. I'll just add here, you might think the TripAdvisor could have just looked at what was number one. But according to James, the shed didn't actually stay long in the top spot. In part, he says, because TripAdvisor's automatic detection system had already flagged it as suspicious. What the system hadn't recognised was the fact that the listing itself was fake. Once James had an idea which restaurant was Uber's fake, he actually tried to call the shed. Unsurprisingly, I didn't get an answer to the phone calls. What would you have done if they'd answered? I think I'd have pretended to be a customer and just to see how the interaction would have gone. But I mean, you know, Uber had had a bit of a history with us anyway. Oh, so did this plot get some shortening added to it to make it a little thicker? <laughs> Doesn't it just sound like the perfect rom-com? Like, and everything could be food-themed? Oh, it writes itself. But in this case, the history came from Uber's previous journalistic work. It wasn't the first time that he'd done stories about TripAdvisor. He'd actually done a feature a few years earlier where he took some TripAdvisor reviewers out for dinner. So he was kind of someone I was already aware of anyway. So I think if he'd answered the phone, I actually probably would have recognised that it was him, which is kind of what we were hoping might happen. <laughs> I just love the idea of both you and Uber on the phone to each other pretending to be something you weren't. It could have been quite an interesting call, yeah. It definitely could have been an interesting one. James made a really interesting point. It wasn't particularly representative of what I would call the real-world problem of fake reviews and where they come from and why why they exist, right? And the reason why most people are trying to post a fake review is really to try and influence the position of a real business within our rankings, whether that be to push it up or push it down. There isn't actually a lot of incentive or motive among the kind of fraud, fraudster community to create a restaurant or a hotel that doesn't exist because there's, no, there's nothing to be gained financially from doing that. But not everything is about money, James. I guess TripAdvisor just thinks that customers won't care as much about fake restaurants as they would about real ones being much worse than they seem. But yeah, for all that Uber's stunt made a big splash, it's not representative of the kinds of fraud that sites like TripAdvisor and their customers really need to worry about. What our system is generally designed to do is it's looking for suspicious patterns in the data. There's kind of the normal pattern that you would expect to see for a real restaurant when you're looking at the normal restaurant, uh, you know, the normal customers who are leaving reviews. 
And then obviously, if you start to see a pattern that deviates from that, that's when the system sort of flags that something suspicious is going on. And then what it will do is it will sort of refer that then to our manual investigations team. So we're not just relying on the the technology to look at the technical data. We'll also have an investigations team that will go a little bit deeper into to figure out what's going on. And this is actually how the shed managed to slip through the cracks. So TripAdvisor is keen to emphasise that Uber's stunt doesn't harm the platform. But Uber thinks it does teach us something about our culture. The online experience nowadays is more compelling than the real world. We trust more what we read online as opposed to what we put in our mouths, in a way. And that definitely has stayed with me. Yeah, these people ate at a shed in the cold and they loved it with just stuff they could have done at home in their microwave. And this sort of thing happens all the time, right? Like there are marketing studies where like if you put ice cream in a round container as opposed to a big old tub, people will just enjoy it more. They think it's better. Blind taste tests of wine are also a thing where people can't tell the difference between expensive wine and cheap wine. We're born suckers, man. Yeah. And this is maybe low-hanging fruit, but what Uber says about the online experience being more compelling than the real world makes me think of the influence of Instagram mm-hmm. and how some people basically navigate the real world as a journey from one Instagrammable moment to the next. And the hospitality industry really depends on these platforms. So for Instagram, they, you know, maybe they include like a feature wall designed for a catchy Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Or with these sites like TripAdvisor, they obsess over online reviews. Which reminds me, Joshua, have you got room for dessert? Always. (laughs) So we started with someone who got his fake restaurant to the top of TripAdvisor. But I also spoke to someone who intentionally pushed his real restaurant to the bottom of another review site, Yelp. My name is Davide Ceretini, also known uh, as the one-star chef. As you might be able to tell, he is Italian. I grew up in this fantastic little town in Tuscany. My nickname was Parsley. In Italian, Parsley is prezzemolo because I was always in the middle of the kitchen. For me, sadly, Parsley is like cilantro, basically inedible. But it is a cute nickname. And (laughs) Chef Davide is this funny, charming, friendly guy. But he's also pretty much Yelp's worst enemy. I mean, nothing to hide. In order to screw them, you had to do everything. You had to be as bad as they are. Yeah. You had to touch the bottom. You had to, it cannot be darker than midnight. See, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. Even if you, even if it turned out that you are Osama bin Laden, you're still going to look better than them, you know? So it doesn't matter. Wow, that's a strong sentiment. <laughs> like, yeah, 9-11 was bad, but have you heard of Yelp? Yeah, apparently he didn't always feel this way. Yelp, uh, as the beginning, was a godsending, you know. Uh, Everybody, I mean, you spend little money, you have the opportunity to be, you know, seen in the worldwide web, and then there is all this big following and everything. At the beginning, uh, you didn't know how it was going to operate along the way. But everything changed one fateful night when Chef Davide's Botto Bistro got a visit from Yelp's CEO. With a group of Yelp elite, which are the one that write 500 review, 1,000 review. They don't take medication, of course, but they write review. Man, can you imagine the people you would want to go to dinner with less than Yelp elite? <laughs> they sound like the final boss in a video game. 
eat at dinner and, uh, you know, we are not the people that we bend over that much. So this guy has a lot of ego. So we give a chair for his ego, but that was as far as we would go. And of course, he wrote us one star review. <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this, this complete dressing down of the Yelp CEO. <laughs> Yeah, he had to have a chair for his ego, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the ego chair didn't get them a good review. And Chef Davide was fine with that. But then... The problem is this. The next day, you start to be harassed by people from that company that they want you to buy advertisers. Ah, so it's a whole work, huh? Yeah, apparently the next day, Yelp tried to get him to pay for advertising on their site. Being an advertiser on Yelp comes with its perks. So you manage your review. In other words, you pay for advertising, you might be able to get some protection from certain reviews. How does that sound to you? So this is like low-key blackmail, right? Yeah, it doesn't sound good, does it? I mean, there is no other explanation. There can be a coincidence, right? Your review, they go up and down like the stock markets. The same thing with Yelp. And then with impeccable time, and I mean impeccable time, there is a phone call from the guy at Yelp that tried to sell you the advertiser. So if you refuse in 24 hours, maximum three days, your rating goes down. If you accept the rating, at least stay the way it is. The campaign was turning the table to uh, an extortion. So essentially a protection racket. You buy advertising with us. We help you out on the review end. We didn't get a chance to talk to Yelp, but Chef Davide is not the only one making this kind of accusation. And a couple of online searches will point you to some interesting stories. Anyway, uh, Chef Davide is pretty blunt about this. I'm Italian. I know exactly what extortion is. We invent this, so I know exactly how it works. I love this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great to talk to. So, Chef Davide declared war on Yelp. These people here, they want you to do something. If you don't do something, there's something is going to happen. So the short story is that you beat them turning the table. So that's what I did. Aha. So how did he turn the tables on Yelp? He called their bluff. The extortion was, you know, if you don't do advertising with us, like not just to me, to everybody else, we're going to send you a signal. And the signal is your rating is going to change. It did change. Chef Davide doesn't buy Yelp's advertising, and he notices his reviews getting worse. Signal received. So he puts his counterattack in motion. The very next day, I call everybody. I start a campaign. I call every paper, Time Magazine, USA Today, something, and I'm going to say, I'm not going to pay the protection fee. I'm going to go for the one star, see what happens. So Botto Bistro, Chef Davide's restaurant, started offering discounts in exchange for one-star reviews. <laughs> what happened? Well, he got a bunch of one-star reviews, and it had a surprising effect. People hate that company, period. All you had to do is just say, I hate Yelp, and people come to eat in your restaurant. I had to lock the door, I had to unplug the phone, and I had to hire at least 15 people last minute because in one day we made more than we used to do in a month. The public made a choice. It does not want to see a big corporation crashing the little guy 
and have so much power. All these customers, they were coming in the restaurant and say, I love what you're doing. I'm going to cancel the Yelp app. I help thousands of people to cancel their Yelp app. So this guy is another sort of Robin Hood figure, it looks like, right? And I also imagine that Yelp didn't take it very well either. Yeah, Yelp did try to fight back. So they delete 3,500 one star. Yelp removed these one star reviews and they even contacted Chef Davide directly to tell him that he violated their terms of service. See, the game that they play is about scaring people that they're going to do something bad to you. You can tell that Chef Davide is very proud of what he did. Last year in October, I was at The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And I got to say live to them, go fuck yourself, which was the best thing ever happened in my life. I just love how frank he is about this. <laughs> like, eat it, Yelp. Another person who decided to use one of these platforms in a way that it was not supposed to be used to prove a point that ended up going viral. And he's a big admirer of Uber's work. Kudo to this guy. I want to take this guy out for dinner or cook for him if he trusts me, even if I have a bad rating. This guy made a point. The system is broke and everybody had to think about that. Uber and Chef Davide have similar concerns about the ways these online platforms affect us, the regular people who use them. Like Google, you can buy your way up the rankings. That's basically being able to like control the way that people use the internet, which is like controlling the way that they use their minds, in my opinion. And it all comes down to the illusion of meritocracies, doesn't it? That's what we're talking about here. Information is power. If you can expose the way that these people, these channels that, that people are using to make the world work for them because of their like position and their privilege and things like that, then I think that that's valuable and that's worth the smaller lies to then expose what is a grander lie. So what do you think? Is it worth the smaller lies to expose the grander lie? Is it even fair to talk about big lies? Like, is the system actually as broken as Uber and Davide think? I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty clear, right? Like, these businesses aren't putting up Instagram walls because they want to. They just need the traffic, and that's what people seem to want, so they do it. Does that mean your restaurant's any better? Does that mean your staff is any nicer? Does that mean anything about, you know, the dining experience other than, you know, it meets the criteria that these algorithms pick? Not really. It's just sort of gaming a system that has very little to do with community or food, and that kind of sucks. So I don't know how you fix it. Well, Chef Davide had some ideas. For one, he thinks that businesses should be able to choose whether they're included on these platforms. That's interesting, but also, like, you got to be where people are, right? So a lot of them feel compelled to, and if they don't, then they just won't get the traffic that comes from these sites, right? Right. And his second idea is more specifically targeted at the problem of fake reviews. So he thinks that reviewers should have to provide proof that they actually went somewhere by uploading a photo of the receipt or something. He points out that this would have also thwarted Uber's stunt. Yeah, probably. And his third idea for consumers is basically to ignore the extreme reviews, which even if they aren't fake, are more likely to be exaggerated. And pay more attention to the ones that give two or three stars. Funnily enough, our TripAdvisor rep, James Kay, says that when he uses the site as a consumer, he does often ignore the extremes and reads the two-star or four-star reviews instead. Yeah, I'm suspicious of all reviews. 
but I guess I try and look for the ones that express a specific feeling more than anything. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that both he and Uber kind of seem to want the same thing for people to avoid hype and actually pay attention to what real people are saying. James said that's the whole reason TripAdvisor exists. In his words, to give people transparency as to what a place is actually really like. And that's why they have a whole team dedicated to spotting fake reviews. So Uber reckons that people like you and me and younger even, who've grown up with the internet, who he says are like cyborgs, are better (laughs) than older generations at navigating this stuff. I want to know what the listeners think. Like, do any of you use TripAdvisor all the time or maybe you've stopped using it? Are you someone who writes thousands of reviews of every restaurant you've ever been to? Please let us know. Yeah, especially if you've invented fake restaurants. (laughs) Next time on Wild Wild Tech, who's afraid of the big bad deep fake? As we've discussed in today's episode, online reviews are incredibly important, perhaps much more so than we would like. So please rate us five stars and please also tell us about your favorite real restaurant so that I can dream about going there one day. Wild Wild Tech is a Studio 71 original podcast and a spoke media production. It's hosted by me, Jordan Erica Weber, and Joshua Rivera. You can find us at jordanweber.com and on Twitter at jmrivera02. Our producers are Cody Hofbockel and Janielle Kastner, with help from Reyes Mendoza, Trey Jones, and Caroline Hamilton. This episode was mixed by Will Short. Our executive producers are Stephen Perlstein and Andrew Seeley for Studio 71, and Aliyah Tavakolian and Keith Reynolds for Spoke Media. Special thanks to Uber Butler, James Key, and Chef Davide for sharing their stories. You can follow Uber on Instagram and Twitter at Ubers, O-O-B-A-H-S. You can also buy his book, How to Bullshit Your Way to Number One, An Unorthodox Guide to 21st Century Success, from the world's number one fake restaurateur and Paris Fashion Week's number one fake designer. It's uh, $5, apparently. Be sure also to follow us on social media. We're at Wild Wild Tech Pod. Thanks for listening. So I'm guessing this was like, I don't know, a little bit better than Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Uh, do you have that? <laughs> I love confounding Jordan with American stuff. For the, for the benefit of the listeners, I'm just pulling a face into the... <laughs> Uh, No, Joshua, I haven't heard of Jimmy Buffett.